Our scripture reading for today's message is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17 through 24. Our message today is entitled, Knowledge Darkened, Knowledge Revealed. And this is God's word. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God, because of the ignorance that is in them, due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given them themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. May the Lord bless us in the reading of his word. Have you ever asked yourself the question, how do I know what I know? And how is it that I have knowledge in the first place? Most of us take it for granted that we can know things. But we know that this has been a philosophical conundrum for many, many years. And if you have little children, they are perceptive enough to ask you that same question. How do you know that's true, Mom? How do you know that that's true, Dad? How do you know how far it is from here to the moon? Or better yet, how do you know there's God? Why is it that we go to church? Why is it that we worship him? Why am I a boy? And why is she a girl? And too often we, we take for granted as, as adults this idea that we have knowledge. But we understand how important knowledge is for when we know something, we understand that we can make better decisions. If you want to marry someone, you want, you want knowledge, you want to know her, you want to know her family, you want to know sort of how, how he acts around his friends. The more knowledge, the more information you have, you hopefully you don't get uh, you know, blindsided by, by all that, but the more knowledge you have, you, you feel like you make a wiser decision on things. But we all have to ask the self a question, and this is an important question is how does knowledge function in the present world today? What can we know and what can we not know, especially about God? There is today in our culture an idea that knowledge is free to all, especially the knowledge of God the knowledge of salvation is free for all to understand. But scripture teaches something very different. And if you are able to grasp this and understand this, you'll be able to love your friends and family who do not know the Lord yet. And you'll be able to love those who profess the name of Jesus. And you'll be able to honor both and to honor God. 
if you know, what is it that the unbeliever knows and does not know? What is it that the Christian knows and does not know? Now, we know that there is knowledge in this world. And we call this common grace. Common grace. Common grace is simply the fact that God blesses all people indiscriminately. He's the one who sends the rain on all people. He's the one who lets the sun shine on all people. He's the one who sustains life in all people. He's the one who enables people to enjoy culture. He's the one who enables people to, to get along together, to do good for one another. And this knowledge he has given to all, indiscriminately. Now, there are three ways that we, we learn this knowledge. And if you remember, if you bear with me, if you learned this in high school, here are some Latin terms that perhaps that you can grasp. Our world today simply says there are two, by extension, three ways that we can learn. And these are the three A's. One is we have a priori knowledge, right? This is knowledge without experiencing anything. This is knowledge that we have in our gut, in, our, in, in, in who we are. Philosophers like to say that morality is a priori knowledge. That's something that we don't need to be taught. It's just something that we know. We know that, that living is a good thing. We know that death is a bad thing. We know that to help living things live is a good thing. And that we know that destroying life is, is not right. This type of a priori knowledge is, is, is common grace to all that God has given. It's what societies are based on. That there's this inalienable understanding of the value of humanity that we cannot explain rationally and that we cannot explain even through experience. But we just know it to be right. It is not right to destroy human life. It is not right for you to destroy my life. Life itself, especially human life, has value in and of itself. A lot of us have what we call a posteriori knowledge, which this is simply the knowledge of experience. And this is simply sort of trial and error. You sort of learn, right, that when you, when you drive and there's a red light, you stop. Especially if you live in the U.S. Other countries, I don't know about that. You stop. And then my kids, you know, who, who drive with me, right, they sort of learn by experience, oh, it's a green light, Daddy, go. It's a red light, Daddy, stop. It's a yellow light. I guess that means it's turning red. And as they get older, they're like, Dad, you ran a red light. That's wrong. And by experience, we sort of learn how the world works. And by extension of this a posteriori or I knowledge, we simply can call, call it authority. We can call it culture, whatever you want to call it. Is that most of us learn things because things have been passed down to us. Most of us learn things because the culture around us dictates that this is knowledge to you for your life. That's why you go to school. 
we glean from the experiences of the people around us, from our culture, from our nation. And that knowledge pool becomes ours, who we are. This is common grace. This is knowledge that everyone has, whether you are a believer or you're not, whether you profess to know Jesus or not. And this is the knowledge, sort of the the point of contact that we have with all peoples. All of you are able to communicate with every person in this world because of that. You are able to talk, make yourself understandable as best you can, and the person can understand you. And back and forth. You can have conversations. You can talk about music. You can talk about food. You can can talk about anything. Common grace that God has given you. And this common grace also allows us to enjoy all the things that God has made. All things. I know some of you have have gone to that music concert thingy yesterday and it's going on today. I know nothing about any of those groups. I'm glad you can enjoy it. And you can enjoy it with anyone and everyone who shares in that. But there's a limitation. There's a limitation to those two, two and a half sources of knowledge. The question is this, through common grace, or better yet, through creation, fallen creation, can we know God? Can we know God simply by observing what's out there? Can we know God simply by looking inside our hearts? Can we know the God of Scripture? Can we know Jesus Christ? by seeing the splendor of creation, by simply feeling the guilt of a conscience. Is that enough? Does that give us clarity in knowing who Jesus is and what salvation is? If you have your Bibles with you, and I hope many of you do, um, if you open to Romans chapter 1, verse 18 through 23, we have the answer to that. And this is a very important question to answer. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. For though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. You see, in this fallen world that is, that is upheld by God's common grace, Scripture teaches us that without Christ, without the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, that the unbeliever, 
that the only thing that they can know about God is that he exists, he's immortal, and he's powerful. And that that knowledge is enough to dictate their culpability before God in Judgment Day. And so we can say that anyone who does not know Jesus knows that there is a God. And knows that this God is not some sort of form that's been made of clay and lives amongst us. That it's not a superman type. But that this God is eternal, infinite, to be worshipped, to bow down to. But he makes a statement here, Paul, in Romans chapter 1, and also here in Ephesians chapter 4, that their minds have been darkened because of sin. And although they are culpable for knowing God and denying God and exchanging the truth for a lie, that knowledge is not sufficient to know Jesus and to be saved. I want you to hear that again. This, this is really important for us as believers to understand. <clears throat> Just the fact that someone says that I know there's a God. And just the fact that someone says that I know there's a God to be worshipped. Just because someone says, in my heart, I feel my conscience saying to me that there must be a divine being. That that is not enough or sufficient source of knowledge to know Jesus of the Bible. And to worship Jesus as their Savior. Too often in our world today, Christians really want to believe, and I understand your heart, because none of us want to think about the fact that knowing Jesus means that some people who do not know Jesus will, will be judged harshly. But we also know from Scripture that, that, script, that Jesus is here to divide, is he not, from those who know him and those who don't. And when we talk to someone who, who does not know Jesus yet, and their speech is simply about God in the abstract, and their speech is simply about their conscience and their, and their morality, That's not enough. That's not enough. But you see, the unbeliever can know. And by God's grace, know about morality. And so we are grateful to God that this world here today knows that there is some good and that there is evil. Albeit, it's going to be derivative from the good of knowing God directly and the good of worshiping him directly. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 11, he talks about the fact that if you who are evil know how to give good things to your children, how much does God, who is God, can give good things to you? 
He's saying that we who are imperfect, who do not know God, we, we, we still know, we have vestiges of morality that God has given to us. But this is not enough to know Jesus himself. We cannot know God through creation. We cannot know the saving God through creation. We can simply know that God exists. So what do you do? If you have a friend who does not know Jesus yet, and you see that they have some sort of spirituality, rejoice the fact that God's common grace that he notices and he knows that there's more to this life than what's around here. Rejoice in that. But also pray your butts off that that common grace can lead to that special knowledge that they need for them to know who Jesus is. And you see, this, this, this third source of knowledge is a source of knowledge that this world will not acknowledge, this world will not understand. You go to your universities, you, you go to your businesses, and, and, you, and you tell them that, listen, there's a third source of knowledge for us to build our academics around, and they will, they, they will shoo you out the door. And this third source of knowledge is we call special revelation. That God has spoken directly to us through his spirit. That his spirit has fallen upon us who believe. And that we now have a, a knowledge that we are sinners in need of saving. That Christ himself is the only one who can save. That a relationship with God, this direct relationship God of scripture, is the God that we need to please and is the God that we need to answer to. And that's not simply a knowledge that is here, but it's a knowledge that, 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 that enters into our hearts because we realize the source of all knowledge is not propositional facts. It's not X, Y, and Z. It's not just sentences. But we realize that all knowledge, especially the knowledge of God, begins with a relationship that apart from God you cannot know God but with God you can know them you're like that's that's a tautology you're just going in circles Pastor Young and, and, and I'll say this yes it is a circle but have you ever noticed that all of life is simply a circle how do you know what you know well I know what I know because I know it well why do you know it because I, well, I just know it Oh, why do you know that? Why do you think you know what you know? Well, I sort of just know it. Well, I learned it from someone. Well, how do they know what they know? You, you go in a circle. But we believe that Scripture teaches that the only tautology, if I can use that term here uh, in, in a gracious way, that matters is that God is God and the source of all knowledge. And that God is God is the only source of especially saving knowledge. 
And for only a way for us to know who Christ is, is by God's special revelation into our lives. That he reveals to us who he is and that we recognize him as our savior, as our friend. You know, I, I know I often, uh, um, yeah, I, I'm, all, I'm, all, I'm, how should I say this? It's, it's humorous to me, but I, I know for some people it's very important. But it's humorous for me when someone says, you know, I know the cousin of this famous actress in Korea. And they're really proud. And I go, that's great. That's wonderful. You know someone who knows that person. Yeah. And they're so excited about it. But that actress has no idea who that person is and couldn't care less who that person is probably. There's no relationship. The knowledge is artificial. The knowledge will take you nowhere. It's common grace knowledge. But what if, for some reason, that the famous Korean actors or whatever visits and becomes friends with that person, that friend says to me, yeah, I know this famous actress. Yeah, we're, we grew up together. Or we met each other and we, we became good friends. And I know her and she knows me. And we talk you know, at least once a week together. And I know her heart and she knows mine. That type of knowledge that stems from relationship is different. When you know God, you will know that you know God, not by how much you know here. You will know that you know God, not by the propositional truths that you know about Him. You will know that you know God when your heart is intertwined with His. When you start thinking thoughts after Him. When someone asks you the question, tell me about your relationship with God. You can say, how long do you have? Let me tell you what God has been doing in my life. And not sitting down with someone over coffee saying, well, let me tell you some propositional truths about the God I believe in. We as God's people hold on to God's special revelation, his sovereignty into our lives that turns us from sinners, from those who are far away, to those who are saints and beloved by him today. What do we do with this knowledge? What, what do we do with what Scripture is teaching us right now? For me as a pastor, and I hope for you as members of this church, and for those of you who, who, who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, this special revelation that God gives to all of us enables us to speak to one another on such a level that no one else can understand. You can speak to each other about your relationship with Jesus and who Jesus is to you. You can speak about the depths of your sins and the depths of your struggles. And you can speak about the wonders of his forgiveness and the wonders of his love. You can speak about it in such a way that everyone outside of you thinks like you're speaking a different language. For common grace may be the base upon which special grace is given, but common grace can never understand 
never the special grace that God gives. You know, I know that in our church here today, you know, we, there's, there's many of you who speak Korean very well. And when you speak Korean, sometimes there's people who go, oh, you don't understand what's going on. And, and, and you know, we, we as, as God's people, we've got to be careful of doing that. I don't legislate no Korean. You need to be loving people and figure it out yourself. You need to grow up. I'm not going to legislate that. But, but I will say this, is that oftentimes when you hear people speak a different language and you can't speak it, you feel totally left out. Especially when they're laughing and they're having a good time. You're like, what's going on? Brothers and sisters, when you're talking with one another about Jesus Christ, and there are people outside who don't know God, who simply just a bit, who maybe happen to be listening in. Your conversation must be such that when they hear it, they will say, I have no idea what they're talking about. I have no idea who this God is that they worship. I have no idea what their hearts are resting in. For the special revelation, the special knowledge that God has given us is distinct from all others. God's grace is not simply about your heart. And I'm talking about the popular way we, we say our hearts. It's not about our emotions. It's not simply about feeling loved and feeling accepted. His love encompasses the whole human experience, our mind and our relationship as well. Lastly, there's an important distinction that I like to make. Both of these sentences are true, but one presumes something that the other does not. All truth is God's truth, or God's truth is all truth. All truth is God's truth, or God's truth is all truth. I would like to propose to all of you that the way Scripture looks at things is the way we need to look at things. That the presumption is not all truth is God's truth. The presumption is God's truth because God is God. God is the Alpha and the Omega. God, God is the foundation of all knowledge. That when you look in this world where it's common grace or special grace, that God's truth is all truth. And that we worship God in all that he has revealed to us. If you think, if, if you know who God is and, and this message resonates with you and you're like, yeah, I, I could not know God without God telling me who I am and who he is and, and, and you're saying, amen, amen, I'm, I'm saying, I will say to you, enjoy what God has given you and keep fighting the old self to, 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 to wrap your hands around the love that he has shown you. 
for those of you here who might be like, Pastor Young, that's kind of hard to hear. You know, I, I know a lot about Jesus because I've grown up in church. Uh, I know a lot about the propositional truths from Bible, Bible studies growing up. And yeah, I feel God. I, f- I feel him sometimes. But you're saying to me that that's not enough. I urge you. Those are good things. But seek the best thing. Imagine how much more glorious it is to actually know God himself. Ask God, and we ask for you to our God. Lord, send upon them that special revelation, the knowledge of you that is given when a relationship is brought back together with you. And may they rejoice and say, Jesus is my Savior. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. There's no one like you. And Lord, the knowledge that you've given us to worship you is not a knowledge that that you've given to the whole world that is part of this fallen creation. But the knowledge that you give us of you is a gracious and sovereign gift. For Lord, we were once dead, but you made us alive in you. Lord, we pray for our church. Lord, it's so easy for all of us, Lord, to simply say, you know, let's just talk about God in a common grace kind of way. Instead of talking about you and sharing our lives with each other in a, well, special revelation, special grace kind of way. Teach us, Lord, to share our lives, our struggles. And to teach us, Lord, to share our our sort of undescribable joy and and fear and love of you. May our community groups, may our services, may our informal times together be filled with you and your presence. We pray, Lord, for those who are struggling to really know you or to be shown your grace in their lives. Pour Pour out your spirit upon them. May they know you. May they love you. May they worship you. May their first thoughts in the morning be of you. May their last thoughts at night be of your grace and your love. Can we pray, Lord, for all of us? Help this church, help us to be filled mainly with the knowledge of you. Christ's name we pray. Amen.